the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are about to listen to American Signpost, a thought that points us back to God. At the Dell Golf Tournament down in Norton, former golfing great Johnny Miller said, Americans are amazing. He was talking about the outpouring of help for victims of Hurricane Harvey. Miller was right. His on-air partner, Dan Hicks, said something only half right. Hicks said that devastation brought out the good in the American people. He was right that loving our neighbors as ourselves is good. He was wrong that the good came out of us. Good came through us, but it came out of God. God alone is good. That is what Jesus said, and he was right. We are not gods. We are in the image of God. Good, all good, anytime, anywhere, originates in God. In this world, we see good galore. Therefore, to the eye of faith, God is everywhere to be seen. I am Pastor William Boylan. This is an American Signpost. Visit PastorBoylan.com to learn more about how history instructs our country's way back to God. That's PastorBoylan.com. Welcome to Signpost. Signposts has been posing one question. How can America's past shed light on her future? Join Signpost host, Pastor William Boylan, and his son, author Andrew Boylan, as they visit America's foundation to understand better what's happening in the world today. Get ready to hear about America's beginnings, as you have probably never heard before. Now, let's join Signpost. Welcome to Signposts. This is one of your hosts, Andrew Boylan, with my dad, Pastor Boylan. Welcome. Uh, it's good to be week. here, Andrew, and I always look forward to these opportunities to talk together, and I hope that our listeners find them engaging and informative and really uplifting. Yes. That's our, that's our goal. Me too. Me too, and I'm, I'm glad. Not only is it a great opportunity to share the gospel, but it's also a great opportunity to see each other sometimes. Our whole weeks can fly by and we won't even see each other, so this is a great chance for us to be together and talk about things that we've thought about over the week. Um, I do. I do always like to begin with a little house cleaning. Um, one event is coming up on September twenty third, one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I'll be in the Barnes and Nobles in Worcester, Massachusetts, which actually it's the Barnes and Nobles in Millbury, but it's right outside of Worcester. And I'll be talking with several young adult writers about writing and their road to publication. Um, it'll be part of Teen Reading Week, which is a national push by Barnes and Nobles for teen readers. So. If you have young people um, who'd love to read, send them out to uh, Barnes & Nobles at 1 o'clock on um, the 23rd of September, Saturday afternoon. There's going to be a lot of events, giveaways, prizes. Um, it's going to be really fun. So that's September 23rd. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but for the most part, I'm looking forward to our our weeks here on Signposts as um, we have sort of delve into a uh, what I like to look at as a new year after summer break and having gone back and forth from doing the show alone to doing you doing the show alone, Dad, and and um, and shows with Alexis, or my sister Alexandra, as she goes by professionally, um, and she's got some exciting news to for people who had listened to earlier episodes where we talked about 
um, switched and her um, other screenplays that she's been trying to work on a new faith-based film. And there's some hope, there's some bright spots in the horizon. So you can go to mustardseedentertainment.com and uh, check out uh, what she's working on with her new faith-based films. And uh, as we had talked about on those episodes, people who are looking for a um, ministry to get behind. It's a really a way for the gospel to really reach millions and millions of people um, through faith-based films. And they've been doing some excellent projects. Catching Faith is going to take them to Cuba next month. I know they're excited about that. I'm excited to see what that that really brings. And, and if you want to get behind it, they're looking for funding. They found a lot of, a big chunk of funding and uh, for their next movie and they need to match it. So if people are interested, they can go to Mustard Seed Entertainment and, um, and find out how they can get involved in that ministry. And speaking of faith-based and initiatives that are nationwide, um, you and I coming in, Dad, had talked and had planned out an entire episode, and, and we'll get to that, and it's going to t- piggyback on what we talked about last week. But we just got pulled into the office of the one of the station managers who's talking about an initiative being spearheaded by the president of Salem Media, where he really wants to take some time out of every day and pray for the nation. And, it, you know, it was it was interesting hearing the station managers talk about it and, and the exciting, you know, kind of you know, there's so many things going on between Hurricane Harvey this week and President Trump um, and just, you know, things happening every day, things happening faster than you can really process them. And to um, to take a step back, to know that we aren't in charge of this, that we don't control these events um, and look at how can we pray and how can we talk directly to God and specifically, specifically to God. And I know that it's something that has been a big part of your ministry, Dad, prayer. And prayer is something that we've talked about a lot over the years. We've talked about, we've developed outlines for books on it. We've done, you know, a lot of thinking and and I've watched through your ministry how you have had, and and it really does dovetail into what we were going to talk about anyway, in, in talking about the miraculous season that you had at Byfield um, in the seventies, but, but really to go to, to start off, I'd like to, I mean, because it touched, you know, some crucial issues, you know, I'd like to just, I don't, I don't even know how to, because it's so immediate. It's just literally happened moments ago, this conversation, but I just thought it would be great to talk about prayer and what the power of prayer really can be when you specifically think through what you need God to do. And God wants to know what, what we need. He knows it already, but he wants us to articulate it. And I think that there's, there's throughout the Bible of that power in the articulation of what the needs are. In our, and, and in our nation right now, there are just so many needs that uh, this is a powerful initiative that Salem's undertaking. And, and uh, what were some of your thoughts when, when Basil pulled us in today to talk about that? Well, a primary thought in, always surfaces in my mind whenever I think about prayer is that uh, the Lord is looking for us to relate to him. The Lord did not just create a static and a, an out-there kind of universe and stick us in it. He created us in his image. And uh, I know in any relationship I have, uh, one of the most enjoyable parts of it is conversation. Mm. Uh, 
my friend who passed away now a number of years ago, uh, but he and I every Wednesday had lunch. It was fun. We didn't break new ground. We didn't talk about uh, the politics of the day. We just enjoyed each other's company. Mm. Uh, he and I thought along the same line, so we did have plenty to talk about. Uh, he was a coin collector, and I was interested enough in his coin collecting. I didn't. I'm not a great coin collector, but I was interested enough to want to hear from him uh, what he discovered new things. It was just fun to talk. And I think God has some sense of enjoyment talking mm. to us and us talking to him. Yeah. Uh, he, he, the Father and the Son and the Spirit. Uh, I am a Trinitarian Christian. I believe that God mysteriously, I can't explain it, but I believe it, <clears throat> exists eternally in three persons, which tells me that uh, it's true then that God is love. If God were not at least two persons, he couldn't be loved the way he wants us to be. Mm. He wants us to love someone else. Yep. He doesn't want us to fall over head over heels in love with ourselves. He wants us to love others the way we do by nature love ourselves. Mm. We, we we take care of ourselves. We, we feed ourselves and get warm if we're cold, and we do all kinds of things for ourselves. He wants us to love others or do for others the same thing, have mm. them of the people on our mind the way we are on our own mind. Mm. Uh, and if there was not at least a father and a son, I don't know how that would exist in the Godhead, mm -hmm. that, that God would be totally uh, self-absorbed. But mm. he isn't. He isn't. The father loves the son. The son loves the father. And from the love of the father for his son and the love of the son for his father proceeds the spirit. Mm. And so the spirit uh, seeks to serve the father and the son and brings to light in us, because we're image bearers, what is God's will. So, And I, and yeah. I see that all as the dynamic that's operating when we pray. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's... That is that's really a profound way to way to look at how you know these things these moments these instances in our in my I mean I and I imagine for other people that they have similar experiences when when it comes to prayer that I don't think about it in the moments of my actual prayer life what that you know that trinitarian that you know what massive Thing is happening in in the engagement of, you know, and just in how everything was constructed to be, and um, so it's uh, always interesting, you know, to think to think about it that way and stop and take pause, and and I guess in some ways that was what was happening in in the office. It was stopping to take pause to think about how powerful it is to if when in corporate prayer, when so many people, you know, he was talking about 190 stations across the country, you know, coming together at the same instance to pray. And, and it just, you know, it, it, and it just made me think, and it made me think about this miraculous season that you experienced at Byfield and where prayer played such a key role in that, where you paused and you would articulate and talk about the specific needs of people and you would think through those things going leading into the moments when you prayed that um i i was like wow this is amazing that this is what we had planned to talk about today and here we are talking about um a, a huge initiative across the country and you being asked at that moment by um 
by the manager to pray and to be a part of that. And, and they were like, we want to figure out how to facilitate that for each individual pastor to be able to have a time in the day where they can pray for something specific. And I was thinking about how powerful that is if 190 people all of a sudden are praying throughout the day. I mean, I don't think that radio stations in our day and age or television station or media in general says, hey, how can we take a moment and not think about ourselves, not think about the next story that we need to tell, but, but let's stop and just pray. Let's put it to give it back to God. Well, you bring up an excellent point about the Salem Network. W-E-Z-E-W-R-O-L-W-B-I-X are all stations that are part of the Salem Network. And I've been uh, preaching uh, on this network since 1992, if I, my memory serves me right. So I have had the opportunity to, uh, to be on the air with W-E-Z for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, apart from these uh, signpost uh, sessions. And I have been extremely impressed, and it may help you as a listener to know that I've been extremely impressed with the heart of the people that are in, that own this station, that run these stations, that uh, that really seek to uh, enhance the gospel by proclaiming it, and also and enable the nation to really fulfill its mission, because they do they do believe that uh, uh, God is somehow blessing this nation. Now, when I say that, I, I think I need to take a half a step back and be clear, because some people uh, look at the United States of America with only rose-colored glasses, as if everything is hunky-dory. Well, it isn't. We're, we're a great nation. We're a fallen nation. We're full of sinners that have either been forgiven or haven't been forgiven, but they're sinners. Mm. Uh, by the grace of God, uh, the forgiveness of God transforms lives, and that is absolutely true and is something to which I can testify. Uh, but what what I was trying to say and what I am saying is that uh, I think that the Salem Network is extremely unique in that it really, uh, yes, it's a business. Yes, they have to pay their way. They don't get electricity for free and all that, that goes into this. But but deeper than the, the operation is the heart that mm. the people in this particular station here in Boston, but all across the country, the heart that these folk have for the Lord and to really be his servants in the world. Mm. And so it doesn't, in that sense, it really, it warms my heart. Yeah, but it doesn't surprise me that they want prayer for the nation Mm. because they do believe that God answers prayer. Maybe it would help those who are listening uh, and really uh, only know me as a voice on the air to know a little bit about what God did in my life regarding prayer at the very beginning because he taught me some critical lessons, not just by reading the Bible. I read it, believe me. But it wasn't just by reading the Bible and believing what I read, which I did believe it. But it was more than that. He put me through experiences to manifest and then to confirm Mm. uh, what the Scripture said. And some of this was done before I had read the Bible. <clears throat> it was just a wild experience in my mind. I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. I was flabbergasted when God showed me what he did. Well, uh, 
let me tell you what that was mm-hmm. and our listeners. I was, uh, I was a failed watchman in the U.S. Army. I had fallen asleep on God. I was angry. I was retaliatory. I was vengeful. I was sinful. And I took my uh, anger out on the Army because I had just been extended for a year without my okay. And uh, you didn't do anything like all red-blooded sinners. You didn't do anything without my own okay. And I didn't get it. Uh, and they just took away a year of my life summarily. Uh, they, and the only thing that was happening was a little thing like building the Berlin Wall. <laughs> and uh, our Pentagon did not know whether that wall was was a defensive or an offensive act. Were they going to start World War Three or what? Well, of course, they found out they were only trying to keep their people in. So I was released after six months. But but in the course of time, I uh, I was angry. As I say, I was immature to a great degree, 18, 20 years old. And I slept on God. And then I was going to pay the consequences. And God released me from that summarily, graciously, and completely. It was a miracle. <clears throat> My life changed. My life changed. God was using, in fact, we talked about this last week, I think, Andrew. He pulled a rug out from under me. Mm-hmm. And when there's nothing underneath you, 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 you flounder and you try to get something stable to stand on. None of us mm-hmm. like to just fall into the abyss. No, we don't. And I was heading into the abyss. And God reached out and put his hand under me. And mm-hmm. he held me up. And uh, that started me on a new road. It started me into a, in a new life. And one of the things he wanted me to know was that when the Bible says that he he knows what he wants us to pray and moves us. I'm not talking about a puppet. I'm not talking about magic. I'm not talking about something silly. But God moves us according to his own will to ask him for it. Mm. Now, he has a number of ways to do that, and that might be another part of the discussion. But let me just leave it there for a moment. He moves us to ask him what he wants to be asked because he has something good for to do that we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. We're not thinking about it. Uh, we have to learn. So I was six months into the faith. I, it, I had been finally discharged from the army. I was back home. I was on the hill up top of uh, the road from my house. I was walking my father's dog, and I had to, I was overcome. I was at least, uh, I was moved. I like to use that word over and over, because that's how I think God works in our lives. He moves in our lives. Mm. He moves. He moved in my life uh, without my knowing it. I thought it was me doing it, and it was just a matter of uh, wanting everybody in my town or over the horizon in New England and America, if it could be, I want everybody to have the experience I just had. When when God did release me from uh, that uh, fate worse than death, which was a sentence of life imprisonment at Leavenworth Prison, uh, it was that, but it was more than that. God just flooded into my life, and I want everyone to feel what it felt like to have the peace that passes understanding. Uh, the, the, the God was real and He's active, and and I, and you just know things not because somebody's talked you into it. You just know. I just knew the Bible was the Word of God. I just knew I could trust it. I just knew that Jesus was who He said He was. I didn't understand all the theology. I certainly didn't understand what I talked about earlier, which was the Trinity idea of God. I didn't know all of that, but I knew this was real. It was mm. real. And it was in that kind of context that I want everybody to have that experience. It was just a, it was just liberating. Mm. And I prayed for the town as I looked down on it and over the horizon what I couldn't see and the country, I suppose you could say, that as a whole. And that was it. I went 
down the hill with the dog. I was walking, and uh, a little while later, I entered Gordon College. And that would have been almost six months later. This was February of 1962. And when I went to college uh, and enrolled, I had to take a history course, and one of the assignments in that course was to read from the journal of Jonathan Edwards. Hmm. And I uh, went to the library, got the journal, and I opened it, and I gasped. I knew as I read this prayer in Jonathan Edwards' journal that I was reading the prayer that I had I had uh, articulated. I had, you know, prayed to God mm. on Town Hill. Mm. I learned a powerful lesson. I, I thought I had to think about. It. I had to work it through. I had to figure it out. Yes, but I realized that uh, that without my knowing it was happening, God had put the words He wanted to hear from me in my mouth. In my mouth. Right. And and now, first of all. So let's go back a little. Okay. Uh, you, this was, I mean, this, this is a little powerful story. And um, and to, to tell that again. Are, um, about the, talk about the Town Hill moment. Because so when you were at, when you were on Town Hill, this was before you went to Gordon. This was before you had read probably much of anything to do with the Bible. It was probably zero. Maybe you had a Bible in the house that you saw every once in a while that knew existed. I would delve. I, I would kind of dip into it somewhere and read, and then I come. But I had no systematic way of really right. understanding the Bible right. stories. Yeah. But you're taking your dog for a walk, and you end up saying a prayer written by a man 300 years before, 200 years before. Um, and you had never read that person at that point. I did not know he existed. Exactly. I mean, that's amazing to me. Like, that's amazing to me when, when, as we talk about the power of prayer and how God uses us to pray what he, his will back to him, um, is just a powerful anecdote of that, um, that story. So, and I didn't really want to stop you. I just, I just wanted to go draw a clearer picture of exactly or not what doesn't have to be clearer but really reinforced that that you had not had you had never you didn't know this person existed you hadn't read a thing and you spoke verbatim what you ended up reading six months later in a book while you were at a christian college no yes it was and uh, think of the things that it implied andrew yeah it implied that when uh when Pastors even, or Bible teachers purportedly, would come along and say, well, you know, the Bible was only written by people, smart people, spiritual people. It goes through a whole list of praises. But when you get down to the bottom line, it was just them. Mm-hmm. I was invulnerable to that. I mean, I mean, you couldn't talk me out of the fact that God had moved the apostles to write his word. Mm. He had moved in my life. <laughs> right, because you had seen firsthand how he can move. And that and that and that's amazing to me. I mean, like, I mean, it, you know, it's a powerful again, another powerful anecdote to to really get to the heart of some of these things. Which I mean, which when I look at your your ministry and how how faith worked in your life and where you went with that faith over the years of my growing up that I witnessed, and I go back to those early fundamental moments and how powerfully God worked in front of your face in in your life to give you those reinforcements later when you would need them to be faithful and, you know, and to have to show blind faith and to do all the things that we talk about in church and talk about in sermons and, and, and really witness. And as, and as we kind of come to the end of this first sort of half hour, um, 
one thing I w- was thinking about as you were telling the story is that I c- can imagine that there are a lot of people who have powerful prayer stories. And I want to take a moment to give people the opportunity to our website is pastorboylan.com. And as we kind of look at this initiative and going forward and look at where we might play a part in it, or not we necessarily, but you, Dad, um, take a part, play a part in it. What I'd love is for anybody who's listening, anybody who has a story out there of the power of prayer, come to pastorboylan.com and write us um, in the comments section. There's a little page in there that you can click on or you can send send it to us. I would love to hear your story about how prayer has affected you in some manifest way in your life. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's a simple request. I mean, and if you feel it in your heart to do that, take a little time this week and go to um, go to our website and write that to us as we think about what we are going to do in our, you know, each each thing that we do, each thing that we take on as part of Signpost Ministries, whether it be this national moment of prayer, um, you know, and how we look at the different, you know, you've had a 25-year ministry, you know, we just love to hear other people's stories, widen our, our frame of reference beyond ourselves and into the people out there listening. And um, so just take a moment to go to PastorBoylan.com and write... And write us something. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a treatise by any stretch. I just, you know, just a few sentences or what, however you feel. Um, but we would genuinely, we check that all the time, and we would genuinely love to hear those stories as we pray about what we are going to do next. Um, so so take a moment, and um, we're going to step away for our uh, first commercial break. But thank you for joining us on Signpost, and we look forward to talking talking more in depthly about prayer next half hour and 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 how it has worked out and 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 you know continue on with the story that you were telling dad about this early uh, this early moment where god really showed his hand in your life um and we'll be back in the next half hour three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com <laughs> 